I'm so lucky in my job because today I get to talk to two of my favorite actors, both veterans of the podcast, who are acting together for the second time in a play I'm dying to see, James Goldman's Lion in Winter at the Court Theater. And these two lionesses in winter, is it really, is is this play really a cat fight between Eleanor of Aquitaine and Alice? I mean... <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 883, Lionesses in Winter. Rebecca Spence plays Eleanor of Aquitaine, the estranged wife of Henry II and mother to two future kings of England, while Netta Walker plays Alice, Henry's mistress and also fiancé to one of his sons, in the court theater production of James Goldman's The Lion in Winter, now running until December 3, 2023, and directed by Ron O.J. Parson, one of Chicago's premier directors. This is not the first time Rebecca and Netta have worked together, and they began our conversation by talking about what it's like to bring these two powerful women in this fierce, funny, and literate script to life. The last play we did, we were definitely much nicer to one another. Slash, we didn't get to interact very much in certain moments, but the ones that we did interact, the moments we did get to be around each other were kind. But I like this one because we get to be really mean. <laughs> And then run backstage and do a little dance and have some candy and then go back on. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this play was written kind of in that sort of heyday of these of these um, tumultuous, you know, sort of around the same time as Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, you know, those right. deeply cutting arguments back and forth where it's just peppered with so much wit and dry humor and um the language is just rich and delicious and complex and fun and cruel mm. <laughs> and 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 um it's such a, a a dreamy challenge to be able to endeavor to deliver it the way to do it the justice that it deserves you know um everything is so pointed like uh, there are I remember when I was just marking my script I was like there are so many little 45 degree angles that you have to pivot upon um and and sometimes the the through line of the argument doesn't happen until the next page but you're just setting it up you're setting it up with with one jab here and then another jab and then you whip around and bring another one for the great finale which is a page and a half later but right. you've got to get started for that build up to be able to land the argument land your point land the insult land the plea um it's it's a, a marvelous puzzle really am i right that that eleanor and alice are the only two female characters in the play mm -hmm. what's what what's it like 
for those women, their the characters, but also you two actors to be the only women in a play with such, how would they say it back then, big dagger energy. Everybody's got daggers. <laughs> that's the get, That's the best part. Is that's the best line in the show. Yeah, one of many. You get to have that big <laughs> with them. It's been fun. I don't know. It's fun to play these characters who I think are undeniably the smartest people in the room. Like everyone is trying to fight to be the smartest people, but there's a game. There's a game afoot amongst every character, but there's something about these two women and their ability to use their softness as well as their ability to emote to these men to get what they want, which I'm very excited and I've loved playing with with. I love when we actually get to be on stage together, especially because it's just like, hmm, I see you. No, I see yeah. you. G- game recognizes game on stage. <laughs> it's a game of thrones. It is literally a game of, of thrones and power. There's lions, lionesses, and then cubs. Unworthy cubs, which is, I think... One of the reasons the two women are so compelling, because Eleanor shouldn't be relinquishing the throne to her husband, let alone her idiot sons. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that I, I love, you know, about these two women is that, um, you know, Eleanor has raised Alice. Like She's raised her since she was seven years old. Um, and so she is a daughter to her and I have to share my little piece of history that when I was doing my research, um, was that Eleanor, uh, was previously married to, uh, King Louis of France before she married, uh, Henry and, uh, wasn't able to give him sons, but she had two daughters, the first of which was named Marie, the second of which was named Alice spelled differently when their marriage was annulled he uh, retained custody of her two daughters and so she lost her biological daughter Alice when Louis then remarries and has other children his next wife gives them this Alice you know, gives them right. <laughs> gives birth to uh, Alice, who's being played by Neto, who is then used as a pawn to to keep uh, England and France together in a dowry. Um, and so the relationship between Eleanor and this second Alice, is a replacement of a daughter that she lost. And so there is that maternal connection, historic, you know, maternal connection of being able to raise, you know, her, basically her stepdaughter um, and, and is, is raising them. And so there's, we have leaned into that connection or have tried to, and there's a pride. There's a pride in in raising her and raising her to be as strong as she is. Inevitably, she ends up taking my husband. But <laughs> I, I, hmm. I hate it when that happens. Well, I don't you know? It really is inconvenient. Um, uh, but but we are trying to lean into that understanding of what it is like to be a woman in this privileged place of of having power but also not having any power because we are women. Netta, what was it like this is is this is your first 
um, first stage role after a few years doing television. What's mm-hmm. that been like coming coming back to the stage, but also coming back to the court? Yeah, it's my first time at the court and my first time working with Ron. Um, so when I went into the audition, I was already nervous because I hadn't had an in-person audition in a really long time let alone a theater audition. So I was feeling very anxious about what that was going to be. Um, When I got word who was going to be in the show, I felt much, much more comfort about re-entering this, knowing that I was going to have the support of a cast of people who not only also do a lot of film and television, but also are just good people. Like genuinely just good, caring people. And to get to play with Rebecca has been such a joy, a dream of my career to get to do something like this, which is so wonderful. I mean, and I say it all the time. It's just, it's so cool to get to look across the stage and see people who like love this just as much and have loved it for so long and and are so present and considerate and caring and wanting to parse out every single element of every single relationship in line. We had moments, which was so cool. Rebecca and I were like sitting on the stage, like in the rehearsal room, watching the boys fight about like the meaning of like a line, truly like one line. Everyone's like, but if I say it like that, what does this mean? And like watching the frustration. And we were just like giggling and kicking our feet thinking like, how incredible to be in a room with a bunch of people who are trying to figure out the distinct meaning of one particular moment. And you don't get that with being on set all the time. You don't get the time. You're not afforded the time to get to parse that out. Let you alone. Don't get, you don't get that in some rehearsal rooms either. I mean, you've got a director there who, who allows that sort of exploration and stumbling and freedom, which is out, outstanding. Amazing. We've got we've gotten really lucky as well. We've had Charlie in the room basically every day with us, helping us with text as well. Because it's just you can tell how much not only Court cares about this play, but how much they care about how we're doing with it. Like our what we need. Because the first day we were sitting around the table, we had a whole conversation about what each actor needs in this process, and to be okay with asking what we need. Mm. Which, yeah, to come back to theater and for this to be the introduction back into Chicago, I couldn't feel luckier. I just, to get to look at John in the eyes and look Rebecca in the eyes every night and like just yell at each other, but also love each other. It's so beautiful. And I'm Angela V. Shelton. And we're Frangela. And you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Podcast. What? Yes. Merrily and yay verily, mother... Where can you RSC the RSC? We have four performances left in 2023, but thankfully we'll have more in 2024. On December 14th and 16th, we'll perform the ultimate Christmas show abridged in Princeton, New Jersey, and Reston, Virginia. Check out the touring page at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com, or our social media pages for all the latest information. And now back to my conversation with Rebecca Spence and Netta Walker, who opened this weekend in the Court Theater production of The Lion in Winter. 
Rebecca, what it's what's it like for you to be playing a role for which you are obscenely too young? Well, I know. I uh <clears throat> I I turned down the audition because I thought I was too young. I I was like it it's such a dream role. Yeah. It, it is, is such a dream role. I mean, uh, and and I saw the audition notice and I thought I oh god, I would give anything, but I it, it almost was like I think it'll break my heart too much if I put everything into this and and know that it isn't meant for me because I am I am quite a bit younger. <laughs> You're hardly in the winter of your life, hardly. <laughs> Um, and so I, and I thought, I just was like, I can think of a, of a number of phenomenal actors that, that should be doing this role. And, um, I, so I was like, thank you. I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to get my heart broken. <laughs> thank you. Um, and then I was told that, um, they're like, well, would you, would you reconsider if you knew who your Henry was? Mm. And they said it was John, uh, Hookenacker, who is a dear friend and, uh, a, a just a, a powerhouse on stage. Someone I have admired for years and years. And we've worked a few times together, but never, never on stage. Mm. We've worked together on camera. Mm a few times um and i just was like <gasps> uh yes yes thank you i will i i will i would like to to try and um i've been just very very fortunate and very blessed but i know the shoes are enormous to fill um it is th the diva <laughs> huh. Huh. But my God, she is it. It's so well. My God, wait till you see it. The shoes fit so well. <laughs> the diva. And and it's a delicate balance of trying to not, you know, I mean, it's been done so well before. <laughs> How do you, you know, put, put on that role and make it uh make it yours and make it new and make it nuanced? And so I I that's the great thing about theater. I get to try over, you know, try again every night. <laughs> there are some elements I'm like, mm, nope, well, eh. <laughs> I'll try again tomorrow. Or or you're like, that felt really, really right. That felt really, really right tonight. And that's what's so fantastic about the interchange of all of us being on stage at that moment, at that time, is we are responding to whatever is being given to us that night. And so a tactic that... I've tried last night doesn't work on Thursday because that's not what I'm being given. And so it wouldn't be appropriate to react in this one way. So that's the, that's the, the treat of theater. <laughs> well, it is. And this is, this is a, a, a short run. It's like only like three or four weeks, I think. What you're, I know that you're in previews already and you're talking to me on your day off and I'm really grateful for that to you, but, what have you what do you learn in previews with an audience you know how how does a how does a classic play like this work in front of an audience in ways that make you guys adjust what you're doing it's been cool having the audiences that they've 
already love the language and realizing that we do have the drive to just make them catch up to us, which has Mm. been really fun. I feel like there's also been many moments just from listening to the monitors and being on stage where like the comedy of a line being really having an audience finally after saying these very dramatic moments, having these dramatic moments in the rehearsal space, realizing where the humor can lie with certain audiences and what audiences pick up as really funny has been really fun, especially with this thick language of witticism. It's like, oh, you picked up on that one. Oh, there's that one. Or maybe I didn't even realize that one was as funny as it was. Yeah, court audiences are so bright. I mean, Chicago theater audiences are are so bright. Yeah. Um, there, there is such a rich um, menu of theaters here in this yeah. city. And so, so audiences that come, but particularly court audiences are so used to being given just these delightful dialogues to dissect and chew on for a while. And so they are, they are right there. They catch everything and it's our job to just keep that train moving. (laughs) You asked that question about like, what's it like being the only two women there? I have not met a more sensitive group of men. (laughs) For real, actually though. Truly a more in touch, sensitive, thoughtful, considerate, um, really open group of men. If I, I, it, it really has just been the most delightful process. I mean, from the top down, we've had this embarrassment of riches with with two two directors and an, and an assistant director who are three angles of this this triangle of genius <laughs> that's it for this week's reduced shakespeare company podcast except for one more thing which i'll share with you in about 60 seconds so stick around the court theater production of the lion in winter runs through december 3rd 2023 go to courttheater.org for more information then send us your historical domestic comedy via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com or throw a comment to us over on the socials or on our own actual website, reducedshakespeare.com, or visit my website, theshakespeareans.com. You can also follow Court Theater on Instagram at Court Theater. Thanks, as always, to princely doofus Matthew Croke, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and GarageBand. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Robert Plattner, no reason it's just random special thanks to francis callier and angela v shelton aka frangela you can find them on the socials at frangela duo and as always thanks very much to you for listening please continue to stay safe and keep your masks on i'm austin titchener 883 2649ths of the reduced shakespeare company I remember loving the discovery that the first actor to play Henry in this play was Robert the Music Man Preston. Who I've always thought was you. Yes. <laughs> I've always thought was you. When I we first worked together and I came home and I talked to my husband, I was like, first of all, you have to meet Austin Pidgener because he is Robert Preston <laughs> in the flesh. And I was like, what?
what? He met you and he was like, oh my God, he totally is. He's totally. <laughs> well, that gives me hope that when I get to my wintry years, I can maybe one day play <laughs> Henry. <laughs> oh, I can see it. I see it now. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. 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 And so much less.